Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hey, warm hello. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great podcast for you. It's Deck McGuire. You may remember him because he used to pitch for a couple teams out there in the major leagues. He also played in the KBO in 2019 for the Samsung Lions. Actually, threw a no-hitter for them last season. We're going to be getting his thoughts on everything that's going on with regards to Major League Baseball coming back similarities and differences that you notice with regards to the KBO and the MLB and just some of the struggles that MLB players might be going through as they try to reboot the season as compared to the KBO as well. So wide-ranging, fun conversation in the second segment. Could have a little bit of everything at about a 14-minute time span. And in the final segment, I'm going to be giving you a signing total on every game for Friday morning's MPB and KBO betting boards as we touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions. If there's something that you like answered on this podcast, whether it has to do with one of these foreign baseball leagues, the MLB, just gambling in general, what have you, send it into my timeline at GNRS41. If you send these via direct message, AKDM, well, unfortunately for you, those letters DM to me, me does not matter. Did not get in any Twitter questions today. So let's take a look back at everything that we saw in the MPB and KBO Thursday morning. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. It was not the dog's night at the ballpark in the KBO Thursday morning. The Kia Tigers 
were able to hang seven runs in the sixth through eighth innings against the KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs, and the Tigers were able to get a 10-4 win as a result. Smiling Blobs had come in as winners of six out of their last seven and eight out of their last ten, but in this one, the Kia Tigers were able to get some very functional power as G1 Na was able to get a home run and four RBI in this one to really lift this team to victory. Chano Park also had a two-run home run as Drew Gagion wound up not giving the team the length that they desired. He was not helped out by the fielding, I will say that, but four and a third innings, he gives up four runs, three of which were earned, but fortunately for him, Byung-Wook Joe was on a whole lot better. He went four innings, he gave up three runs, and the Smiling Blobs bullpen, well, it just was not on par with the Kia Tigers. As the Tigers wound up going four and two-thirds innings scoreless out of the bullpen, meanwhile, the Smiling Blobs wind up having their Achilles heel come back to bite them in the duckus as they give up seven runs over the course of four innings. KT as the second-worst bullpen ERA in the KBL. Worst bullpen ERA in the KBL, believe it or not, belongs to the NC Dinos, but you really don't need the bullpen to be great when you hang eight runs on the board like they did against the SK Wyverns as they get an 8-2 win. And for NC, bullpen in this one was actually pretty good. Three scoreless settings from them as Sung Young Choi winds up going six settings. He gives up two runs. He had been pushed into the rotation recently and he did a solid job. Meanwhile, for SK, the struggles of one, Ricardo Pinto continues, and it's not necessarily because of his ERA. He's been really unlucky with the unearned runs and errors behind him. There were a pair of errors committed by SK in this one, and he was solid in his six innings. He gave up two runs, and then the bullpen completely threw the game down. The dumpster, they go three innings. They give up six runs, and for NC, what really powered this team to victory, a grand slam dinger by John Huck. No, Mr. No said, oh, yes, to a four-run home run. And you also had a tack-on home run from Sungwook Kim that led to the game being a push on the total for a lot of you. Some of you guys may have had nine and a half. Some of you guys may have had ten and a half, but most of you guys had ten. The Kiwo Muros were able to win as the biggest favorite on the KBO betting board by a count of four to two. Eric Jokic continues to be very good for the Kiwo Muros. He gives up two runs over the course of seven innings. He was able to not walk a single batter as well. Bullpen from there, they do their job. Two innings of scoreless baseball and Sungwoo Joe appears to be your most trustworthy closer out there in the KBO. Now a 0.84 ERA in 19 games, 14 saves, zero blown saves. So if you're looking for a guy that actually closes out games in the KBO, that's where you want to look. And for Samsung, the bullpen was pretty solid. They wind up not giving up a single run over the course of three innings. And then John Unbeck winds up giving up four runs over the course of five. Was a little bit of a struggle there. Tyler Saladino once again held out of the fold for the Samsung Lions in this one. And for the Kiwoo Miros, they were able to get Byungo Park going in this one. He was able to give the team an RBI. He's been hitting a little bit better recently. He is the leader in home runs in the KBO from the 2019 season. Not a surprise that the Lotte Giants were a favorite in their game against the Anwa Eagles. And for Anwa, they wind up losing in this one by a count of 5-3. Give the Eagles a little bit of credit. The bullpen was not necessarily terrible in this one. They go three innings. They give up one run, so they were able to hold the game out in front of them. But Bum So Kim was, well, a bum in this one. He gives up four runs over the course of six innings. He winds up giving up two deep shots. And for Adrian Sampson, he pitched better than the three runs that he gave up would indicate because only one of those were earned. He wound up being hurt a little bit in the fielding by a bad error, but the Lotte Bats had his back as there was not one but two home runs from Dong Hee Han. He had a combined four RBI between those two home runs. Dingers number five and six of the campaign for him. To put that into perspective, he had six career home runs going into the 2020 campaign, so no doubt he was able to come up big in that one. 
And speaking of coming up big, the Doosan Bears pitching in general, as they hold the LG Twins down to two hits. For Doosan, they wind up getting a 6-0 win in this one. For the Bears, they were able to get home runs out of their one and two hitters. Kunwoo Park has really been able to do a solid job for this team so far this year, hitting a little bit above a 300. His fifth home run of the campaign, and then Jose Miguel Fernandez, now hitting a 383. He goes deep for his 10th bomb of the campaign. And for LG, Tyler Wilson was hurt by a couple errors out there. They didn't lead to any unearned runs, but he goes six innings, giving up three runs. Bullpen for LG has been struggling recently ever since they've lost their closer about a month ago. They give up three runs over the course of two innings. And for Doosan, Raul Alcantara had his best start of the year. Seven innings of scoreless baseball, eight punch outs, no walks, two hits allowed. Bullpen from there, they're able to mop up those final two innings. And then in the MPB, we saw a very interesting game as you had one game being played that just was not finished. The Cebu Lions and the Gibalote Marines were going to the bottom of the fourth inning, and Gibalote was up by a count of 3-0. to zero. I'm salty about this one because I had Gibalote on the money line, and then the game wound up getting called. It is officially postponed. I'm not necessarily sure how they're going to be handling that game because I know that in the KBL, when you have a game that is sort of suspended mid-game like that and there isn't a full five innings played, you do pick it up from there. I'm not sure what the case is from the MPB, but with that said, if you wound up having a bet on Cebu versus Gibalote, you should have had that refunded to you. If you did not, you probably want to be checking your book. We also know this in the MPB. Games after 10 innings that are tied are ruled as ties, and that's what happened between the Nippon Ham Fighters and the Oryx Buffaloes. And for the Ham Fighters, the reason why they were able to have this game tied is because Shonikata winds up going deep for a three-run home run in this one, his seventh of the campaign. It was really able to bail out the Ham Fighters as they got all four of their runs in the sixth inning. For the Oryx Buffaloes, they wound up being able to get to former Detroit Tigers pitcher Drew Verhagen in this one as Takahiro Okada winds up going deep for a home run. That was his fifth of the campaign as Drew Verhagen winds up giving up three runs over the course of six innings in this one. Bullpen for the Ham Fighters from there did not give up a single earned run over the course of four innings. And for the Buffaloes, their bullpen was pretty solid in this one. They give up one run over the course of five innings that was earned. Now they did have to use up Brandon Dixon and Tyler Higgins, so you gotta take that. Their two most trustworthy bullpen arms in this one and in this one they had Sachia Yamaski go five innings and gave up two runs in this one, but what is also not mentioned is the fact that he gave up six walks and five innings. You see this a lot in the MPB, so just get ready for that. You didn't see that in the Rakuten Golden Eagles and Fukuoka Softbank Hawks game as the Softbank Hawks, a team that has won five out of the last six titles in this league, all of a sudden are 7-10-1. They have been scuffling as Rakuten is able to get the 9-1 win in this one. And for Rakuten, this is a team that didn't get any home runs whatsoever. They were just going death by a million cuts. They get 13 hits, 7 walks, as in this one. Rick Vandenberg did not have his good stuff. Former Florida slash Miami Marlin winds up going 5 and 2 thirds innings. He gives up 6 runs, all of which will earn bullpen from there. They give up an additional deuce over the course of 3 and a third innings. And then for Raccoon, team with the best bullpen ERA in the MPB, 2 scoreless innings from them, and then they were able to get a very good start in this one as Takehiro Shiomi winds up giving up just 1 run over the course of 7 innings, so he was able to do a rock solid job there. Speaking of rock solid, the amount of men that the Yakahoma database has left on base. They win the game by a count of 5 to 1. In the process, they leave 16 guys on base. If you're like me and you had the over of like 7.5, you're just here like, come on, guys. But with that said, Tyler Austin, yes, the former New York Yankee, he winds up getting his third home run of the campaign. And for the Dana Bay Stars, they said, hey, baby, to a very nice start as 
Shonichi Ino winds up being able to go Limo Ino. Six innings, one run baseball. So he was very solid there. Bullpen from there. They're able to hold down the four for three innings. No earned runs. And for the Hiroshima Carp, well, they wind up giving up a whole lot of something. They give up 14 hits, seven walks. They only surrender five runs as their starter in this one, Masato Morishita, winds up going five innings, giving up two runs, eight hits, and four walks. So... He allowed 12 men on base in five innings and gave up two runs. Bullpen from there. They give up three runs over the course of four innings. I am not necessarily how that happened, but that was very strange. What else is very strange is the fact that the Hanshin Tigers were able to take down the Yamiori Giants by kind of two to one. Franchin, they only surrender three hits in this one, but their starter had one of the more interesting lines that you're going to see as they were able to get Onelki Garcia, the former Kansas City Royal, going. He winds up going six innings. He gives up one hit, six walks in the process. As as a collective, the Anshin Tigers give up seven walks, but bullpen was pretty solid. They give up one run over the course of three innings, and one Carlos Mercedes was pretty solid for the Amiori Giants. This loss is not necessarily on him. Gives up two runs over the course of six and two-thirds innings. Bullpen from there, they wind up going one and a third of scoreless baseball, but for the Giants, they were just unable to get that big hit. Meanwhile, Justin Bohr, his two-run home run, the difference in this game. And what was the difference in the Occult Swallows and the Chunichi Dragons game was the fact that those Swallows were able to get four runs in the ninth inning. Yeah, Colt is able to get the 8-6 win in this one. For Chunichi, the bullpen was not good in this one. They wind up giving up four runs over the course of five innings as they did not necessarily get the length that they desired as well out of their starter as Yuichiro Okono winds up going four innings in this one. He gives up four runs, five hits, three walks. So that was very interesting. Meanwhile, for the Swallows of Tokyo, you called Kijai Takahashi winds up going five innings. He gives up two runs in the process. Bullpen for the Swallows as well. They give up four runs over the course of four innings, but for the Occult Swallows, they were able to do a good job of just having depth by a million cuts in this one. They were able to get three stolen bases, and this was with one Norishka Aoki not playing in this game, so a good sign for them, and then for the Chunichi Dragons, they were able to get a home run in this one as Gian Viciedo has a sixth home run in the campaign. Chunichi as a team for the year has 10, so that is very interesting, and to put this into reference, Chunichi has played 18 games there, 7, 10, and 1, so very interesting results out there in the MPB and the KBO from Thursday morning. Now let's talk to a man that has played in the MLB and the KBO. Get his thoughts on a little bit of everything, how the KBO is different from the MLB. Some of the uphill struggles that the MLB faces just because of some cultural differences and just how the KBO has been able to get off the ground and how they haven't had a stoppage to the season and just how it's different to pitch in the MLB versus the KBO as Death McGuire is going to be joining me next right here on the Baseball Benning Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson, and it is great to be joined by our next guest. This is someone that has a little bit of experience pitching pretty much everywhere in the world, which I think is really awesome. He was pitching for the Samsung Lions during the 2019 season, and you may recall the season before that, he spent some time in the major leagues with the Toronto Blue Jays and the LA Angels, and he's pitched for a couple other big league squads, as it is Deck McGuire joining me on the podcast. 
You can follow him on Twitter at his name, Duck McGuire. And last name with McGuire is spelled M-C-G-U-I-R-E. There's always a couple of spellings with McGuire, so I always want to get that squared away. And Duck, it is great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you. And I know that, like I said, you're someone that you spent the 2019 season out there in the KBO. And what would you say is the biggest difference from pitching in the KBO as compared to the MLB? Because during the 2018 season, you were used a little bit more as a long relief guy. You were able to get a couple starts with the Angels and the Toronto Blue Jays, but you were a little bit more of a reliever. Meanwhile, when you went over there for the Samsung Lions, they were relying upon you to pretty much be an ace, be a guy that goes out there for six-plus innings. I have to think that that required a little bit of a mind shift change. Well, I mean, to answer your question about starting relieving, I've pretty much been a starter my entire life. Hold for maybe 10 relief appearances in the minor leagues. And then obviously when I debuted in 17, I think my first four relief appearances. And then obviously 18, I was kind of a jack of all trades. So really transitioning back to starting, not a huge deal. I have my routine. It's pretty much been the same since college, or at least as close as I can get on any given day. And yeah, so that wasn't a massive transition for me. But you know, going back to the question of biggest difference, there's a few. Obviously, number one right off the bat is just depth, you know, depth of kind of the danger of the lineup. You know, there's a lot of guys over there who can hit. There's a lot of guys who have really, really good bat to ball skills in, in the KBO. But just from guys that are going to do damage standpoint, it is a little bit more limited to three, maybe four, depending on which team you're facing. Whereas obviously the way the game's being played in the MLB in the last five years, I mean, really the entire goal is live and die by the three run homer. So kind of depth of the lineup is, I think it will really big difference you know and then it goes to just like little things like they are really trying to go 144 and 0 in the kbo they're playing to win every single game they never really take their foot off the gas if they're winning or losing all systems go from the first pitch and if you've gotten to watch any of those games in the last nine outs in the kbo is a lot more difficult than it seems to be in the major leagues and i think a lot of that just kind of goes back to depth depth of lineup and depth of pitching oh that is a good point as i'm seeing in the kbo there's no team with a bullpen era that is better than a 4-5, since we do have Jeff McGuire joining me right here on the podcast. And during the 2019 season, while you were with the Samsung Lions, you did something pretty remarkable. There's never been a perfect game that has been thrown out there in the KBO, but you were able to throw a no-hitter against the Anwai Eagles, as we know. This is a team that is scuffling a lot so far during the 2020 campaign. That's putting it quite politely. But what you have going on in that game against Hanwha? And how big is it just to sort of know the lineup? Because I've heard it said on so many of these KBO broadcasts, you're going to have a couple guys that they could go and just hit in the majors right away. You got a couple of guys that they're sort of like double A, triple A sort of players. And then you got a couple other guys that they probably wouldn't crack a triple A roster when it comes to a lineup and you're having to go through that one through nine. Yeah. I mean, that day, honestly, just kind of the stars aligned. You know, I had a really good slider that day. They happened to run out like seven right-handed hitters. I think it was or something like that. And just kind of one of those days where everything clicked. I don't know what was a little bit of an interesting case last year. Obviously, haven't gotten to follow them quite as closely this year, but they seem to kind of be one of those teams, you know, like a lot of them here where they're kind of caught in the transition of, you know, some of their stars are getting older and some of their young guys just aren't quite ready yet. I mean, they could have beat anybody in that league on any given night, but they just seemed like the days they had that were bad were maybe a little bit worse than some of the other teams. And I think I pitch to my strengths all the time. I think that's something that I really focus on no matter where I'm playing. So, the lineup, it changes a lot over there. That is one thing, going back to differences. You have maybe your core four to six, again, depending on what team you're on. But those last three guys are basically a revolving door on any given day. So, yeah, I just think the important thing was on that 
particular day I went out and Kong Min Ho, our catcher, kind of noticed early on that my slider was pretty good. I was commanding it for strikes and for kind of a put-away pitch. And we threw a lot of them and just happened to break in my favor. And how important is it to have those good breaking pitches, those good off-speed pitches when it comes to KBO? Because something that I've noticed from the KBO broadcast is that these guys, no matter what happens with regards to the at-bat, the one thing that they don't want is a strikeout, which is so different than out here in the MLB. You're obviously getting a little bit of a shift with regards to sabermetrics out there in the KBO, but the one thing that you never want is a third strike that is called looking. That's like the ultimate sin when it comes to the KBO. And I have to think that it's a little bit difficult to be able to get strikeouts. And I have to think that a little bit more of approach is trying to get more soft contact because I noticed that a lot of the guys in the KBO this season, they've been having a lot of success with not necessarily getting like 15 strikeouts per nine innings, but just being able to get those like slow rollers. I'll be honest. I mean, that was probably the hardest transition for me. I've always been a guy who's kind of run up his own pitch count. It's just kind of is the nature of the way I pitch. And yeah, I mean, I felt like I was at 100 pitches every time through five innings out there just because they are. I mean, their bat-to-ball skills are as good as anybody I've ever seen, kind of one through nine. I mean, their calling card is they're going to go up there and they're going to battle you and they're going to try to make you make a mistake and maybe not hit it for a homer like it would happen here, but hit a knock or or work a walk or whatever the case may be. So I think a lot of times the reason that they kind of pick the foreigners that come over there and pitch is they need a good combination of velo and a breaking pitch. A lot of guys over there don't throw quite as hard as a lot of us do here. And so I think that velocity is kind of a shock. And obviously, the harder you throw, the more somebody has to cheat, which only makes your breaking pitches better. So I think a guy like Dan Straley is a perfect example. You know, he's had a decent amount of success over here. I know in the last couple of years, he's really focused on some like pitch design stuff and everything. But like in the major leagues, he throws probably what some would consider below average velocity wise. But over there, he's above average. And you mix in the two plus breaking pitches he has. And I think that's a lot of reason why he's had so much success. I think that's a good point that you make as we do have Jack McGuire joining me on the podcast. And then going into the 2020 season, you were spending your time in the Tampa Bay Rays camp. Unfortunately, you were one of the casualties of just this absolutely insane offseason that we've been seeing with the MLB. You were let go in late May. What is your thoughts on the MLB trying to reboot? Because as we know, things are so much different. You don't have the minor leagues this year. It's going to be a 60-game season, which these guys are going to try to ramp up in a three-week time span. And I have to think that the one thing that is going to suffer more than anything else is these starters trying to go deep into games because while these guys, you got to think that they were doing everything that they could in quarantine and things like that to keep themselves sharp. There's just no real simulation to being able to throw to a catcher on a few times per week basis, being able to have that normal routine. That's what really gets halted. And as you know, these starting pitchers, they're creatures of habit. So I have to think that that's the one thing that's going to suffer the most at the beginning of this shortened season. Yeah, I mean, I think early, you could definitely see that. You know, I think I'm already kind of, you know, talking to some guys and just kind of, you know, seeing how they're doing and everything. I think a lot of teams are doing a really good job of playing it case by case and being able to kind of see what a guy was able to do throughout quarantine. Were you able to throw to a catcher? Were you able to be outside? Were you able to be on a mound? Long toss, you know, these different things that, yeah, like you said, I mean, that are so important going into spring training, let alone a second spring training. So in this day and age, I mean, a lot of teams have done a really good job of evolving kind of philosophy and the way that they prepare pitchers to start a season. I think that that's gotten 
just far more efficient in the last few years anyway. But then you add in the 60 game season and I mean, it's a sprint. So especially with the expanded rosters for the first, you know, whatever it is, I think it ends up being 28 guys through the first month. That's half the game. So you throw another one or two bullpen arms at the back end just in case something happens. I mean, you turn this thing into a sprint. I don't know that it'll necessarily be as important to have starters going, you know, six, seven, eight innings, kind of like the Verlander Cole combo of last year with the Astros. I mean, those guys knew every five days, basically eight out of every 10 days were the only time the bullpen was going to have to throw. It's two of those days and those 10 were on lockdown and those guys were going to handle business. So, you know, it just is kind of one of those things where it'll be interesting to see how each team kind of manages their pitching staff in a, basically a third of a season in a sprint type capacity. And, and it'll be interesting because the Rays, I mean, they've kind of already started doing the 162 game season. I think it really benefits them with kind of what they've been doing with the opener the last couple of years. I agree with you. I do think that this is the sort of a season that a team like the team that I grew up rooting for, the Milwaukee Brewers, with Craig Council doing that all he's done the last couple of years with that pitching staff. They benefit the Tampa Bay Rays, who you just mentioned. This is a team I think is going to be having a lot of success for the upcoming 2020 season. And what else is going to be big is just being able to get a season in general because we know this in South Korea. They've done a very good job of being able to handle the COVID-19 situation. Right now, when you take a look at an, and I quote, spike in South Korea, they've got about 51 or so million people with regards to their population. Their spikes are 65 cases a day. Let's even multiply it by 10 here in the United States. If there were 650 new COVID-19 cases, I think we'd all be declaring victory. We'd be sitting here saying how great of a job we've done of being able to control this pandemic. And I have to think that it's going to be so tough for the players around here to be able to just stay within themselves and just be able to keep this season online as bad as it sounds because I'm sure that these guys are going to do everything humanly possible, but there's so many landmines out there that these guys in MLB are going to have to face rather than in the KBO, where in South Korea, they were able to get this thing under control right away. First off, I mean, the career comparison, obviously, you know, we want to get to where they are, where they're able to play all their sports. Oh, yeah. There was talk of having fans kind of in the last couple of weeks. They're talking about opening up stadiums to about 20% capacity, I think, number I heard first. But the thing that I think I maybe understand is really twofold. Number one, masks over there are a fashion state. So when they were like, hey, you got to wear a mask because we have this virus going around, people were like, sure, no big deal. I got a box. I'm at the house. So that's kind of number one. Like It's a completely different kind of viewpoint on the whole mask situation, no matter where you land on that. And then the other thing is, I mean, they are just an extremely, extremely disciplined culture. That culture is very much so hierarchy based on age. When the person of age speaks, the younger people listen. And so it is a little bit different just kind of culturally over there. And I think that's a big part of why they were able to handle it so effectively so fast. And yeah, I mean, I think that's going to kind of be more important on a team to team basis, right? Like we can kind of step away from what's going on from a societal standpoint on a day to day basis. But yeah, I think kind of that mentality of like when a veteran tells you, hey, guys, no one's going out. Nobody's going to get dinner. You know, we're going to handle all this in-house, keep everything tight knit when we travel everywhere. It's going to be so important because, yeah, I mean, you get three, four, five cases on a team. Obviously, not just the fact that your teammates are sick with this virus, but also what that does to a lineup, to a pitching staff. And especially in a shortened season, I mean, I think that just becomes so much more important. Every game's going to matter that much more. I'm right there with you. And we know this as well in the KBO. One case of COVID-19 shuts the league down for a minimum two weeks, according right. to some reports, perhaps even three weeks. If we had only one case during the 2020 season in the MLB season, I think we'd be parading and we would call it a massive victory. So 
I mean, it is so different. And Deck, I know that you're a guy that you still have some friends out there in the KBL. You obviously know a lot of people in the MLB. Right now, you're a free agent, obviously, due to some unfortunate circumstances, just with regards to how this offseason and the pandemic has played out in general. But I know that you're doing some great work, so just let the good people at home know where they're able to follow you on social media. And I know that you've been doing a great job as a little bit of an ambassador of both the MLB and the KBO in this very strange time. You know, you kind of just do everything you can. And I was really excited to see the KBO get on ESPN. I mean, I think that's awesome for those guys. And I know how much, you know, we show up in the clubhouse the last year. They do a really good job of showing the Major League games where there's Korean people involved. So you got, you know, Hyunjin Ryu, Shinshu Chu, G-Man Choi with the Rays. So they did such a good job of really promoting those guys and making sure those games get televised. I know how much the guys really enjoyed watching those big league games and kind of soaking that all in. So it was pretty cool to get to catch the opening night game, which is Samsung, my former team, and get to watch them play. And so it was just such a cool experience to get to let those guys know that I'm over here watching them you know, in America. And yeah, it was awesome to get on ESPN with Eduardo and Boshiambi and just, just talk about my experience a little bit because it was one heck of a ride and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it certainly has been a lot of fun for so many of us out here in America to be able to experience a new league of baseball. It's certainly been a lot of fun. Obviously, you don't have guys throwing 98 miles an hour out of the bullpen or anything like that, but you can tell that the guys, they have so much respect and so much care for every single game. It is just so nice to see people that appreciate sports, no matter what part of the world it is. And it was great to be able to get your insights today. So big thanks to Dick McGuire for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And now it is that time of the podcast. I give you side and total on every game in the KBO and MPB for Friday morning as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. That was a great chat with Tech McGuire. Just a little bit of everything. How the KBO is different from the MLB. Just some of the landmines that some of these MLB players are going to be facing. What to expect from these MLB pitchers and so much more. And what we do want with regards to sports is to be able to make some money. So you know what's up next. We are going to be giving you a sign-in total on every game in both the MPB and KBO for Friday morning. And a little something we like to call touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GRNRSCORE81. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order as per usual and pretty much across the board, you're going to be betting on these games for the team and the team only when it comes to foreign baseball. Really, the only place that you're able to go pitcher dependent on these foreign leagues is Pinnacle, so... So for a game like the Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars against the Hanshin Tigers, if the Hanshin Tigers trot out there an actual Tiger, well, congratulations, you get our friend the actual Tiger who's pitching for them. But with that said, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. We're going to be starting with the MPB sets. That is up first with regards to a time standpoint, and they've got lower rotation numbers, and we're going to be going from there. And that begins with 304, 159, 304, 160. These games start at 2 a.m. Pacific time, 5 a.m. Eastern in the MPB, and then in the KBO, it's 2.30 a.m. Pacific and 5.30 a.m. Eastern, but you've got the Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars, and they're going to be taking on the Hanshin Tigers. For the Hanshin Tigers, it is going to be Keo Oyagi, who's going to be going for them. Meanwhile, Sunichi Onuki, who's going to be going for the Bay Stars, and for the Bay Stars, they are finding themselves anywhere between plus 105 and plus 107 underdogs. With Hanshin, you're going to be finding them right around minus 125 across the board. Your total on this game is 7, with the 7 over juice of minus 115, and the under is minus 105. I think that you've got a very good 
spot here with the Bay Stars. This is a team that has been doing an absolutely terrific job of being able to get on base. And let's be honest here, they should have had a whole heck of a lot more than five runs in their game Thursday morning. They wound up leaving 16 men on base and still won the game. You take a look at this bunch, they've got an on-base percentage as a collective hovering right around a 370. That is very eye-striking. You've got a guy in Tyler Austin that was able to hit a home run for the team Thursday morning. That's certainly helping out the cause. Naftali Soto has been doing a great job of getting on base. On-base percentage above a 400 and then Toshihiro Mirazaki has been hitting right around a 400 as well. So he has been very impressive. If you're taking a look at the pitcher that is going to be going for the Dana Bay Stars in Mr. Onyeki, this is a guy that has been a little bit up and down. He's 26 years old. He's made one start so far this year. He wound up going in that start. Four innings, gave up two runs, so you can't think that there's going to be a ton of length there, but with the base stars, the bullpen by and large has been solid. If you take a look at what this gentleman did in the Central League during the 2019 campaign for Yakahoma, he went 6-5. and five. The ERA and the advanced number is not necessarily so great, though. He wound up having a 5 ERA. He wound up going for the team just 66 and two-thirds innings and 15 total appearances between starts and long relief appearances. And the big thing with him was that he gave up 11 hits per nine innings and we know this this is a Hanshin team that they're not necessarily doing a great job of being able to get on base as a collective they're hitting right around a 220 to a 225 but Justin Bohr has been able to give this team a little bit of pop he had the deciding home run the team's game Thursday morning against the Yamiuri Giants so that is something that is encouraging but Kosuke Fukujome has been out of the fold for this team for about a week and a half Jeffrey Marte has been getting on base he's hitting just below a 300 so that is very encouraging but Jerry Sands one of the other foreign born players for this team he has been hitting right around the Mendoza line. That is something that you want to note, but with Mr. Koyo Ayagi, he has been terrific so far this year in two starts. He's won a grand total of 12 innings, giving up one run in the process, just three walks in that time span as well, so that is very solid, but he's never really going to be too much of a swing and miss guy. 5.3 strikeouts per nine innings. You take a look at what he did in the Central League during 2019. He had a 3-1-4 ERA, 25 starts, wound up going 143 and a third innings. 6.3 strikeouts per nine, but kept the ball in the yard, about a home run per nine, but Here's the thing. He gives up right around nine hits per nine innings as well. Certainly has been better here in 2020, but sample size is small. I think that this is a very good spot for the Dana Bay Stars. They do a much better job of being able to put the ball in play. I do think that both these teams are going to be able to get a couple runs up on the board with Hanshin. They certainly have been taking a little bit more of a power approach after they had fewer than 100 home runs for the entire 2019 season. I think that they're going to get a ball or two that goes over the fence, but I think that the Bay Stars are going to be able to drive in those runs that they were unable to Thursday morning. So we're going to go with the over, and we're going to be taking the A-Bay Bay Dana Bay Stars. We move on to 304-163, 304-164. The Oryx Buffaloes are going to be playing those to the Nippon Ham Fighters. If you're looking for the Fighters of Ham, you're going to be finding them right around minus 120 across the board. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at our frenzy Oryx Buffaloes, you are finding them anywhere between even a plus 110, as we're seeing a minus 130 pop up on the board for the Fighters of Ham, and your total on this game is 7. If you're looking at the over of 7, and it's anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and even. Your pitching matchup for this one is going to be Kohei Irihara, who's going to be going for the Fighters Van. Meanwhile, it is going to be Subasa Sakakibara, who's going to be going for the Oryx Buffaloes. Yes. That is a mouthful, and with the Buffaloes, Sakabihara has actually been quite solid for this team so far this year. You take a look at him, he's been able to make two starts for the team, 180 ERA. He's been doing an absolutely superb job of keeping the game out in front of him. That is something very encouraging, and what you like about him as well is that this is someone that it feels like he's getting a little bit better with age. He is only 21 years old. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 campaign out there in the Pacific League. He won about 80 innings over the course of 13 starts. In those 13 starts, 
Because he wound up giving up 4.2 walks per 9 innings, but he keeps the game out in front of him. 0.6 home runs per 9 innings. He doesn't necessarily get a lot of swings and misses. Last year, 6.7 strikeouts per 9. This year, a little bit over 7. So he doesn't necessarily have that just supreme plus stuff, but he does a good job of being able to induce soft contact. But here's the problem for Oryx. Brandon Dixon, along Tyler Higgins, wound up getting used up in an extra inning game, and the Oryx Buffaloes bullpen has been a hot mess all year long. You want no part of it. And with the Oryx Buffaloes as well, this is a team that they're not doing a great job of being able to get a ton of contact, though they are having a little bit of a come up. Adderlin Rodriguez, along with Adam Jones, are hitting a combined 275-ish. That has been huge for the team. Both these guys have three home runs on the campaign, so they're starting to pick it up. And Takahiro Okada now has five home runs. He's got 17-plus RBI. He has been able to do a very good job of picking things up for the team. Now, strikeouts have been a little bit of an issue for this team. No fans or buts about it. This is a team that they're going to get eight plus strikeouts per game by themselves, so that is something that you do want to know, but then you take a look at the other side for the Hamfighters. This is a team that has been a hot mess when it comes to getting on base as a collective, but Christian Villanueva is now in the fold. You may remember him. He wound up hitting 20-plus home runs for the San Diego Padres a few years ago. That should be able to help out this team, because right now they are dead last in the MPB when it comes to batting average at right around a collective 220 with Villanueva. He's only made three appearances for the team, so very small sample size as of right now for him. He's hitting below the Mendoza line, but Sho Nakata, how about what this guy is doing? Seven home runs. He's been very solid for the team. On-base percentage right around a 400, and then Kensuke Kondo as an on-base percentage right around a 420 as well, so that is something that is going to be able to help this team out, and then you take a look at Irohara. He's 0-3 on the campaign in three starts. He's been able to give the team life. 20 innings. He has in the process given up two home runs, but here's what I like about him. He's given up two walks in those 20 innings. So he does a good job of not putting guys on cheaply. He's not someone that's going to give up a whole bunch of hard contact for the year. He's been pretty solid. I think that these numbers are going to even out a little bit. During the 2018 campaign, he had an ERA pretty similar to what he's posting right now at a 455. But during the 2019 season, when he was age 26, really took some steps forward. 15-8 record, 246 ERA, 24 starts, 164 and a third innings. He was given up 0.8 home runs at 2.2 walks per nine. He also had nearly nine strikeouts per nine. I think that he's going to be able to find his good stuff in this one. I think that this is going to be a very good spot in which the Nippon Ham Fighters are going to be able to get some solid contact. I think that Villanueva being in the fold is really going to enhance this lineup. I do think both these teams are going to be able to put up some runs and both these bullpens are going to be a little bit tired because they wound up having to go extra innings on Thursday morning. So for that reason, we are going with the Fighters of Ham here and we are going to be going with this total over. 304-165, 304-166. The Chunichi Dragons are going to be playing goes to the Hiroshima Carp. If you're looking to get some fish into your betting diet, you're going to be laying a little bit of juice here with our good buddy the carp. You are going to be laying right in the neighborhood of minus 135 across board, seeing a minus 140 as well. With Chunichi, you're getting anywhere between plus 115 and plus 120, and your total on this game is 7. With the 7, the over is juice of even, and the under is minus 120. And your pitching matchup for this one. Going for our good buddies, the carp. It is going to be Dachi Odesera. Meanwhile, Yudai Ono is going to be going for the Chunichi Dragons and for Osera. He wound up having two very stellar starts for the team to begin the season. Two complete games in which he gave up a combined two runs in those. So he was able to get off to a very nice start there. In his last start for the Carp, he just wound up getting swallowed up as 
that was not necessarily the best of starts for him, and that's putting it very politely as he wound up going a grand total of four innings, and that's already wound up giving up five runs. He was taken deep twice, so no fans or buts about it. That's not necessarily the best thing in the world. He's not necessarily much of a strikeout guy as well. He's getting about one strikeout every two innings, so that is something that you do want to know, but with Osera, you know that he's probably going to be able to give you some pretty good length during the 2019 campaign. 11-9 record, 353 ERA in 26 starts, 173 and a third innings. He does give up a little bit more hard contact than he's let on so far this year, but he's not going to walk, guys. 1.8 walks per nine innings. He's going to get a little bit more swings and misses. I think that his strikeouts are going to tick up as last season he wound up giving the team right around 7.1-ish strikeouts per nine innings, so I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a come up there, but he should be able to relieve a carp bullpen that wound up getting used up a little bit in the team's game Thursday morning. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Chunichi Dragons, this is a team that they just don't have a lot of power outside of Deon Viciedo as a collective. They've got 10 home runs so far this year, and Viciedo has six of them. So, I mean, that's absolutely remarkable. This team is dead last in the MPB when it comes to home runs. But what this team does a solid job of is being able to get on base as a collective. They're hitting right in the neighborhood of a 265. So, that is something that you do like with this team. You need a little bit more out of a guy like a Zoilo Almonte. He's been out of the fold for a little bit. He's hitting right around at 250. So, that has been a little bit of an issue, but Takuya Kinoshita, how about him hitting right around a 360 on base percentage of a 400? That's rock solid. What's not rock solid? The fact that the Junichi Dragons have a bullpen ERA that's hovering right around five. That has not necessarily been great. And then you take a look at what you're able to get out of Mr. Ono. Well, it has been a whole lot of Ono for this guy during the 2020 season. 582 ERA, three starts, he's won 17 innings. And he has given up six home runs so far this year. That is what we call not good, ladies and gentlemen. This is someone that is now age 31. Now, he had a terrific year in 2019. 258 ERA, 9-8 record. He deserved a whole heck of a lot better because he wound up going 177 in two-thirds innings across those 25 starts. He wound up giving up just .9 home runs per nine innings, about eight punch-outs per nine as well. But it just feels like he's a little bit lost in the sauce so far this year. I do think that this is a very good spot for a bunch that should be able to do a pretty good job of being able to hit him. What I like about the carp is Suzy Suzuki. This guy does a little bit of everything. He's hitting above a 300. He's been able to supply some long bombs, six home runs so far this year, despite the fact that the carp wound up having four games rained out over the course of eight days. So he's had limited opportunities there. And then you've got Shota Dobayashi, who's hitting above a 400 for this bunch. So they've been doing a tremendous job of getting on base there. And then you've got another guy that's applying a little bit of boom in Dobayashi as he's gotten three home runs so far this campaign as well. I do think that this is a very good spot for the Carp, a team that is hitting as a collective right around 280 to be able to get some runs up on the board. I do think that both these teams are going to be able to draw some blood, but in the end, I do think that because the Carp have a little bit more power in their bats and they've got a little bit of a better bullpen, they're going to be able to pull this one out. So we're taking this little over and we're going to be getting some fish in our diet with the Carp. We move on to game number 304. 167, 304, 168. The Cebu Lions are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Marines of Chiba Lote. If you're looking at Chiba Lote, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 115 and plus 120. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Cebu Lions, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140. Your total on this game is 8. With the over of 8, you're going to be finding the juice at minus 115. The under is minus 105. And your pitching matchup for this one. Zach Neal goes for the Cebu Lions. Meanwhile, Ameyu Ishikawa is going to be going for the Marines of Chibalote. And if you're taking a look at Zach Neal, this is someone that I felt like just did an absolute Houdini job 
to post the record that he did during the 2019 campaign out there in the MPB. He took one loss the entire season. I don't know how, and I don't know why, because this is a guy that he's not going to get a bunch of punch outs for you. You take a look at Zach Neal. So far during the 2020 season, he's been in a little bit more. He's got a 295 ERA. He has made three starts for the team, 18 and a third innings. In that time span, he has been able to get 13 strikeouts, which is actually way, way up from the 2019 season. He went 12 and 1 in 2019, 287 ERA. He wound up having 4.6 strikeouts per nine innings. And I mean, that's his MO when he was in the MLB. 3.9 strikeouts per nine innings at the AAA level. 5.3 strikeouts per nine innings. And at the AAA level as well, he gave up 10.2 hits per nine innings. And even in the MPB, this is a guy that gives up right around nine hits per nine innings. So, I mean, I don't know how and I don't know why, but this guy just does a great job of being able to draw some soft contact. But I think it's going to wind up nipping him in the butt a little bit in this one. With the Sabu lines, you do have a couple trustworthy bullpen arms. Reed Garrett is a guy that used to play for the Detroit Tigers. So he's a guy that's going to be able to give you a little bit of a boost. And then when you take a look at Sabu as well, you got to think that Corey Spangenberg is going to be able to pick it up a little bit. This guy is hitting a 233. Wound up having a grand slam a little bit earlier this year, but he's only got two home runs so far this year. The guy that has really been carrying this offense is Hoteka Omakawa. He's got five home runs, a little bit over 17 RBI. He's been absolutely superb at getting on base. On base percentage right around a 405. As Sabu has a collective hitting right in the neighborhood of a 244. Had a very awkward game against the Chiba Lote Marines Thursday morning. They were in the bottom of the fourth inning, and then the game got washed away. So you got to think that that might affect the mindset of both these teams. But with Chiba Lote, this is a team that the bullpen had been getting taxed a little bit, and now they are going to be able to get some relief. And I do think that they're going to be able to get a quality start in this one because you take a look at what Ishikawa has been able to do. He has been able to give the team three starts so far this campaign. He's only one, but he's won pretty much six innings in every one of them. The four home runs given up, not necessarily the best, but he has gotten eight punch outs per nine innings. That is something that you're able to hang your head on. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 season out there in the Pacific League. Eight and five record, 364 ERA. Didn't necessarily give you a bunch of length. Once again, he was giving you more like five innings. This year, he's went to a little bit more like six. So that is something that is encouraging, but he keeps games out in front of him. 0.7 home runs per nine innings, also 2.1 walks per nine innings. So this guy, by and large, is able to get the job done. But then when you take a look at Chiba Lote as well, what you love about this team is that you gotta think that Brian Laird and Leonis Martin are going to be able to just rip things apart. Both these guys have been in a little bit of a funk recently. They're both hitting below 240 as a collective, but their on base is hovering right around at 350, so a little bit of something encouraging there. You need to get a little bit more out of a guy like a Uday Fijioka. He has been hitting below a 200 for this bunch, but C.I. Anui, he has been able to hit a 327 on base of a 446. He's got 11 RBI. This is a Chibalote team that as a collective, they don't necessarily have a ton of power, but Shogo Nakamura has been able to give the team a pair of home runs. He's hitting a little bit above a 300. And then when you take a look at the bullpen, Jay Jackson and Frank Ehrman, they're okay. They're not great, but they're not terrible. I think that both these teams are going to be able to put some runs up on the board, but I have a little bit more faith in the lineup of Chiba Lote. So we're going to be going with the few, the proud, the Marines battles one with the plus price. And we're going to be going with this total over as well. We move on to game number 304, 169, 304, 170. The Yamiori Giants are going to be playing host to the Yakult Swallows of Tokyo. And the Yamiori Giants are the biggest favorite that you're going to be finding on the MPB bar. If you're taking a look at the Giants, aka the Hiantes, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 170 and minus 180. Meanwhile, with the Swallows, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 150 and plus 160. And your total on this game is 8.5. Over and under are both at minus 110. Starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Giants of Yamiori. It is going to be Shosi Togo. Meanwhile, it is going to be 
Masanori Ishikawa, who's going to be going for the Swallows of the Occult. And Ishikawa is at an advantage for the Occult Swallows, and that's putting it very politely. This is a man that is 40 years old. The good old movie, this is 40. Yep, that is it for Mr. Ishikawa. As we know, the Occult Swallows bullpen it's not good. That's putting it very politely. But I do think that Ishikawa is going to do a good job of being able to just keep the game out in front of him. You take a look at what he did as the age 39 pitcher during the 2019 campaign. 8-6 record with a 3.84 ERA. Not terrible. He'll give you right around 5-6 to six innings on any given start. And he doesn't walk, guys. 1.9 walks per 9 innings now. He's never been much of a swing and miss guy. He actually got more swings and misses during the 2019 season than he has on average during his career. Career in the MPB averages right around 5.2 to 5.3 strikeouts per nine innings. Last year, he got 6.4 strikeouts per nine. This year, he's getting 6.3. So I don't know how and I don't know why. He's right now giving up 14.4 hits per nine. You got to think that that's going to go down a little bit. Now with the Yakult Swallows, you can have absolutely no faith in this bullpen. It was heavily used in the team's game Thursday morning. But what else is big for the team is that you've got the Far East Milwaukee Brewers movement. Alcides Escobar doing a good job all of a sudden of getting on base. 289 batting average. Nordy, don't call me Stevie. Aoki wound up getting a day off for the team Thursday morning, but he's been hitting at 268. And then this is a bunch that they've got someone in Namishi Nishiora, who's been able to give the team five home runs, 13 RBI as a collective. This team is hitting right around a 255-ish, but the on-base percentage is hovering right around a 345. This is one of the best teams in the MPB at being able to draw walks. That is something that you do like. And you take a look at the pitching matchup in this one for Togo. He certainly has been solved for the Yamiori Giants. He's got a 2-0 record for the 2020 campaign. His ERA is hovering right around a 277, so that is something that you do like. But with Togo as well, this is not a guy that has a whole boatload of experience in the Central League in the MPB. He spent most of his First year in the MPB in 2019 in the minor leagues. And at the minor league level, he was pretty solid. He was able to give the team a ERA of a three. But with that said, he also wound up pitching right around four innings per start in the minor leagues. So this is someone that he has made four career appearances in the MPB's actual major league leagues. So I do think that that is something that's going to wind up hurting him a little bit. He was able to give the team right around nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But this is a guy that he also can get a little bit loose with the walks. And you speak of less than trustworthy bullpens. The Giants right now are going to be without their closer Ruby De La Rosa. That is something that is very big. Now you've got Gerardo Parra. We know what he was able to do with the Washington Nationals for the year. He's hitting a little bit above a 300. He's got a trio of home runs and then you've got Kazuma Okamoto who's been able to give the team 5 home runs, 12 RBI. He's hitting above a 400 so far this year. I mean, get out of town. This guy has been absolutely terrific. Dekan O has been able to give the team right around a 267 batting average as well, but I think that both these bullpens Pens are going to get roughed up, and the Occult Swallows style is to just win games that are very high scoring. I think that their old Wiley veteran is going to be able to do just enough to keep the game out in front of them. So for that reason, we are going to go with the Swallows of Tokyo Occult in this spot with a plus price, and we are going to be going with this total over. And this is going to be the last game on the MPB betting board, and then from there we are going to be going to the KBO as we've got game number 304, 171, 304, 172. The Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks are going to be playing us to the Rakuten Golden Eagles. If you're taking a look at the Golden Eagles, you're going to be finding them as a pretty good favorite in this one. With the Rakuten Golden Eagles, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 145 and minus 147. Meanwhile, Fukuoka anywhere between 
between plus 125 and plus 129, and your total on this game is 7.5. With the 7.5, the juice on the over is even, and the under is minus 120. Your starting pitching matchup for this one, going for the Rakuten Golden Eagles, it is Takahiro Norimoto, and it's going to be now Higashiyama, who's going to be going for the South Bank Hawks. Both these guys have been very good so far this year. And how about Norimoto? For one, this is someone that is going to be backed up by the best bullpen out there in the MPB. You take a look at what the Rakuten Golden Eagles have done with regards to their bullpen. Absolutely superb. ERA lower than two. They have really been lights out. Probably the best bullpen that is currently around in the world right now. And I'm saying that with all the leagues that are going on. But getting back to Norimoto, three starts so far this year. 20 and two-thirds innings. He has given up two runs in the process. No home runs. Five walks. He has been superb. Six and a half strikeouts for nine innings. This is not a guy that is necessarily going to just completely blow you away with that regard, but he's a guy that just does a very good job of being able to keep the games out in front of him. He should have had a little bit better than a 5-5 five and five record during the 2019 campaign because he had a 278 ERA, but he was given up right around .8 unearned runs per game, and he was limited a little bit due to injury. He wound up making 12 starts, going a combined 68 innings in that season. Gave up .9 home runs and 1.3 walks per nine, and he actually was able to give the team more around 9 strikeouts per 9 innings as well. So, that is something that you do want to note with guys like JT Jarquois and company being waiting in the wings for this team. You got to think that that's going to be big, but then you also take a look at the Raccoon Golden Eagles. Not only do they have great pitching, they have some very good hitters. How about Stefan Romero? This is someone that's hitting above a 350 for this bunch. Jabari Blash got off to a little bit of a rough start, but now he's got an on-base percentage. It's hovering right around a 400, but the guy that you need to take note of Hedetu Asamura, 9 home runs, 26 RBI, on-base percentage of a 450. He has been absolutely ridiculous so far this year. And then you've got Tachi Suzuki, who's hitting above a 365. Absolutely incredible. And then you take a look at the other side. For Fukuoka, this is a team that has won 5 out of the last 6 titles, but this bullpen has been absolutely terrible. One of the worst out there in the MPB. They've got a bullpen ERA that's hovering right around 5. Now I will say that Nao Higashiyama has been very good so far this year. He's made 3 starts, 6 total ending, so he's not going to give you necessarily the most length in the world, but he has been able to do a good job of being able to keep the games out in front of him, right around 7 hits per 9 innings. Here's the concern, though. Those walks are going to nip him in the butt. 5.6 walks per 9 innings. That is absolutely atrocious. You take a look at the 2019 campaign. He was dealing with injuries all year long. He made 7 starts, 35 and a third innings. In those starts, he gave up 5.9 walks per 9 innings. you got to think that he's not fully healthy. He's going to get hit. He's going to get hit hard, and then you get into the bullpen, which is just absolutely terrible. I will say for Fukuoka, they do have Wilmer Ballantine, a guy that has been able to give the team five home runs, 15 RBI, on base percentage, right around a 333, but Fukuoka is a collective. They're hitting right around a 240. That has not necessarily been great. You need someone like a CGI Ijibashi, who's hitting below the Mendoza line to be able to pick it up. You do have Hiroki Takea, who's been able to give the team a 429 batting average. That's been a little bit encouraging, but by and large, it's been a little bit rough for this team. They don't necessarily have a ton of power outside of Valentin, along with Rayola Kirihara, who's been able to give the team four home runs. So I do think that this is a spot in which we are going to see Rakuten just get into the soft Bangkoks. I think that this is a spot in which Higashiyama is going to get into a lot of trouble with those walks. You get a bloop and a blast, and all of a sudden, this game gets out of reach. So for that reason, we're taking this total over, and we are going to be taking the Golden Eagles of Rakuten, and we move on to the KBO betting board. Once again, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order with this, and you're betting on the team and the team only. 
only. Like I said, at Pinnacle, that's pretty much the only place I have found that you're able to go pitcher dependent. And it begins with game number 304 641, 304 The Dusan Bears are going to be hitting the road and they're going to be facing the Giants of Lote. If you are looking at Lote, well, you're going to be getting a Lote of a good price as the Giants find themselves anywhere between plus 160 and plus 165 underdogs. With Dusan, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 180, minus 185, and your total on this game is 7.5 over juice of minus 115, and the under is minus 105. Your starting pitching matchup in this one, going for the Bears of Dusan, it is Chris Flexen. Meanwhile, for the Giants, it is going to be John won so, and Mr. So has been a little bit more than so-so so far this year. I actually like the way that he has been able to perform, and Chris Flexen is coming off a little bit of a rough start in which he got mashed against the Anwa Eagles. That was one of the biggest underdog caches that we've seen in the KBO season in 2020, but for Chris Flexen, this is a guy that he has one of the best breaking stuff that you're going to find out there in the KBO. I know that's been noted on some of these broadcasts, but the fact that he is right around 6'3", 6'4", is making it a little bit harder for some of these guys to see the ball out of his hand, but you take a look at so, 4 and 1 record, 395 ERA. Recently, he has been pretty rock solid. He has given up three earned runs or fewer in every one of his starts ever since May 19th. This is a guy that's able to get the job done. Now, we know this with Lote. This is a team that they're not necessarily going to be cranking out a bunch of home runs, but with that said, it's been a little bit better. Dale Lee has been able to give the team 10 home runs. He's sitting right in the neighborhood of about a 295 to a 305. Dixon Machado sitting right around a 265. He's been able to overcome his early season woes. And then Don Han was able to give the team two home runs in their win against the Anwa Eagles Thursday morning. This is someone that for the campaign is six home runs. And then you got John Woo John, who's been able to give the team 10 bombs. He's hitting a 285 when you combine that with Azab Sun, and he's hitting a 354. Makes this team pretty lethal. And then we know with Tucson that you've got a bunch of guys that do a great job of getting on base. Jose Miguel Fernandez was able to get a home run on ESPN Thursday morning. 10 bombs for him. He's hitting a little bit above a 380. Kung Min Her has been just terrific as well. 358 batting average. You pair that with Yu Chang Lee hitting a 346. JLO is hitting a 350. I mean, list goes on and on. And then you got Jay Wan Kim, who's been able to give the team 51 RBI. Only Mel Rojas has more RBI out there in the KBO. And you've got a good lineup, but I do think that this is a very good spot for Lote to be able to keep the game out in front of them with Dusan. The bullpen has been a little bit better recently, so I do have to give them some props with that regard. So for that reason, I am going to be taking this total under, but I think that Chris Flexen is going to wind up having a spot in which he just has that one bad inning in which he gives up two to three runs, and Lote is going to be able to pull out a lower scoring game. So we are going to be going with the Giants of Lote, and we are going to be going with this total under. We move on to 304-643, 304-644. The SK Wyverns are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Anwa Eagles. This is not a drill. This is not a test. The Hanwha Eagles are a favorite. Anywhere between minus 130 and minus 135 favorites. Meanwhile, with the Wyverns, you're able to get anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. Your total on this game is 9.5. If you're looking at the juice on the over of 9.5, you're going to be finding it anywhere between minus 105 and even. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. You're starting pitching matchup in this one. Going for Hanwha, it is going to be Min Woo Kim, and you've got Juhan Kim, who's going to be going for the SK Wyverns, and then you've got a battle of Kim, so one for the Wyverns has not necessarily been the greatest so far this year, but you've got one thing going for him. He has given up Two runs or fewer in all but one of his appearances in which he's gone four plus innings. He has been sort of called into the starting lineup once again, but 
mean, this is someone that he could probably get the job done. I will say his career ERA is a 567. That's not necessarily great. You got to think that this is going to be a little bit of a piecemealing as Mr. Kim has went more than four innings just once so far this year. But with the Wyverns, bullpen is not necessarily terrible. And what else helps is the fact that they're going up against a hand team that has nobody on this roster that has more than four home runs so far this year. Meanwhile, you take a look at Minwoo Kim for the Anwa Eagles. He's actually been pretty solid recently. You've got to give him some credit as well. He's given up three earned runs or fewer in each out of his last three starts. Now, one of those starts, you wound up giving up two unearned runs, so that's why I say earned runs or fewer. Here's the thing with him as well. You're not necessarily going to get a ton of length. He has went five innings or fewer in all of his last four starts, so that is something that is not necessarily great. The last time he wound up going against this team, it didn't necessarily go as planned. Three and two-thirds innings, he gave up six runs off, which were earned, but that was also with Jung Choi in the fold. He was someone that was in the top five in KBO in home runs during the 2019 season. Now, you've got Jamie Romack that is still in there for the SK Wyverns. This is someone with an obvious percentage of suffering right around a 370, but he just doesn't have the pop that he had last year. Was in the top five in the KBO with regards to home runs so far this year. He's more around like 10 home runs, which is not even good enough for the top 10 at this point. But you do have a couple guys that are starting to emerge with the bat. Kungo Kim is hitting at 273. Ji-Hoon Choi has been able to hit a 307, but you need a little bit more home run hitting. Perhaps Kung Min Kim is going to be able to provide that he's given the team five bombs, but needless to say for SK, it's going to be death by a million cuts, just like it's going to be for the Anwa Eagles. And with the Anwa Eagles, this is a team that's 14 and 42 for a reason. Ju- Suck has been able to give the team a 320 batting average. I mean, that's a little bit encouraging, but this is a spot where I take a look at the SK Wyverns. I think that they've got a better bullpen than the Hanwha Eagles. I don't think that either starter is going to be going long, but you really can't have a lot of faith in either lineup, but I think that you still have a little bit more with SK. So for that reason, we're going to be taking this total under, and we are going to be riding with the SK Wyverns. We move on to game number 304, 645, 304, 646. The Kiwo Miros are going to be in the road to face off against the Kia Tigers. The Kia Tigers are finding themselves anywhere between even money and minus 105. Meanwhile, with Kiwo Miros, going to be finding them anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Your total on this game is 7 with the juice on the over at even and the under is minus 120. And the starting pitching matchup going for the heroes of Kiwo Miros is going to be one day joy and you got Hun John Yang was going to be going for the Kia Tigers. And for Yang, this has just been a myriad of issues for him for the 2020 season. He had the best ERA in the KBO 2019, 229 ERA. In 184 and two-thirds innings, he gave up six home runs. He has went 58 and a third inning so far this year and given up eight. I mean, it is absolutely remarkable. Last year, he had 33 walks in all those innings. So far this year, 16 you are noticing a stark difference, and he has given up eight runs in two out of his last three starts. Last time he had given up eight-plus runs in a start was in 2016. you got to think that this is a guy that is going to be able to right the ship. He's a little bit of a wily veteran. And with the Kia Tigers, they are a little bit hot as they were able to get a win in the team's game Thursday morning against our good friends at Smiling Blobs. Meanwhile, with Choi, this is someone that has been pretty rock solid for the team, but he's coming off one of his lesser performances of the campaign. He gave up four runs over the course of four innings against the good old smiling blobs. Last time he had given up four plus runs in a start. That came in mid-June against Samsung and that was the only time really after May 19th that he had given up more than three runs in a start. So he had been able to hold down the fort with that regard but with Ki Woom this is a team that they have been using their bullpen a lot. They had to get 18 plus outs twice in that series against Samsung. So that is certainly something that is of note. And then when you take a look at the Kia Tigers as well, they wound up having to go into the bullpen quite a bit as Drew Gagnon was able to not get out of the fifth. 
in the team's game Thursday morning. And with Kia, all of a sudden, Preston Tucker has been able to find a little bit of power. Two home runs in the team's last three games. You've got Chano Park going. He was able to give the team a two-run bomb. Now, Sunbin Kim has been dealing with an injury. He's the KBO leader with regards to batting average, but G1 Na has been solid along with Woon Jun Choi. Both these guys are a little bit of ageless wonders that are able to put a charge into one. Horong Kim has been a little bit struggling, but he's still right around a 250. Meanwhile, you take a look at what you're getting with the key room heroes. Byungho Park led the KBO in home runs during the 2019 season. He's now got 15 home runs, only hitting right around a 235, but the on-base percentage is still very good. With the Euros, this is the second-best team with regards to record out there in the KBO and a big reason why. How about what you're getting out of Jung Ho Lee? 358 batting average, 429 on-base, 9 home runs, 43 RBI. Does a good job of being able to draw walks. I love what I'm getting out of him. Meanwhile, you take a look at the catchers. You've got a pair of guys that are in at least a 278 in Dung Won Park along with Ji Young Lee. Both these guys have been rock solid. Also, Kim has been able to hit right around a 288 on base percentage above a 400. 10 home runs, 40 RBI. So by and large, you've got two very good lineups here. I think that both these teams are going to be able to generate some runs on some good but not great pitchers. I do think that Yang is going to be able to right the ship here, and I think that just overuse of the bullpen for the Kiwo Miros is going to be their downfall. So for that reason, we are going to go with the Tigers, and we're going to go with this little over. Game number 304-647-304-648 is next. My favorite is, you've got the Samsung Lions in the road, and they're going to be facing off against the KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs. And if you're looking at the Samsung Lions, well, you're finding them as a massive underdog right now. Anywhere between plus 140 and plus 155. Meanwhile, our Blobbio friends are anywhere between minus 159 and minus 175. William Cuevas is going to be taking them out for the Smiling Blobs. Meanwhile, Hyun Dung Ho is going to be going for the Samsung Lions. And with Mr. Hyo, this guy is so lucky to be 2-0 right now. You remember the guy that was on ESPN that got out of two bases loaded jams in his first two innings in KBO history and then had men on second and third the next inning and got out of that as well? That's the guy that is pitching right now. He has given up three runs or fewer in each out of his first five starts of his career. He's won approximately five innings in every one of them. You take a look at the advanced numbers. This guy should be just getting absolutely tattooed. He's won a grand total of 25 innings, 11 strikeouts of 15 walks, and yet somehow, someway, he's 2-0 with a 3.60 ERA. At some point, regression is going to be setting in. Meanwhile, William Cuevas, ever since he's come off the injured list, he has been pretty solid. He's made three starts so far. He has given up a grand total of seven runs over the course of those three starts, and in those three starts, he's went a combined 19 and a third inning. So by and large, that's been solid. He's given up one run in the process. Swing and miss stuff is not necessary there. He's registering right around four punch outs in every one of those starts, but he's only given up four walks in those three starts as well, and that's something that you like. Now we know this. The Smiling Blobs bullpen is terrible. They gave up seven runs against the Kia Tigers in their game Thursday morning, but I think that Cuevas is going to be able to give the team six plus solid innings. That should be able to help out with that with the Samsung Lions. This is a team that they've got a solid bullpen, but they wound up having to use a lot more of their trustworthy guys in that series against the Kiwum Heroes as well. And then you take a look at Samsung. This is a team that's dealing with Tyler Saladino not being in the fold. It looks like he's going to be close to returning for the team, but as I'm seeing it right now, he's not going to be active for this game Friday morning. But you do have quite a few guys that are doing a great job of raking, including Hojay Kim. How about a 429 batting average? Now, obviously a very small sample size, but he's been able to do a good job of getting on base. And then you've got those guys that they're giving the team right around a batting average of like a 290 in some cases above a 300, and they're giving them right in the neighborhood of six home runs. 
I'm looking at guys like Ja Woo Koo. You've got Dong Yup Kim, who's been doing a solid job of that. And then you've got Ha Min Park, who's been able to give the team five home runs, hitting more in the neighborhood of a 295. These guys have been very good. And then you take a look at the flip side for the Smiling Blobs. You've got my man, Mel Rojas Jr. He's leading the KBO in home runs. He's leading the KBO in RBI. He's hitting above a 370 right now. This guy is on absolute fire. Beko Kong hitting a 333. Despite the fact that he missed a couple weeks in the KBO season, he's been able to give the team a little bit of power with 11 home runs. Jung Dae Bae, well, A Bae Bae. This guy has hit six home runs. He's hitting a 338 so far this year. Kunsu Park. He's getting things going on base percentage of 393. Seven home runs for him. This is a KT team that is locked, loaded, ready for bear. They've got a lot of very good bats out there. I do think that this is a spot in which the Samsung Lions bullpen is going to be solid, but I think that the Blobs are going to be able to get to the young starter who is only, I believe, 18 or 19 years old. I think that they're going to get to him early, and that's going to be enough for the Blobs to be able to get to victory. I think that Cuevas gives a good start as well. So for that reason, we're going with the Blobs, and we're going with the total under, and we wrap things up with game number 304-649-304-650. LG Twins are going to be playing those to the NC Dinos. If you're taking a look at the Dinos, you're going to be finding them at anywhere between minus 160 and minus 170 with the Twins. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 140 and plus 150 with your total on this game at 9. Over juice of minus 120, under is even. Drew Rosinski is going to be going for the NC Dinos. Meanwhile, Chengu Lim is going to be going for the LG Twins. And with Mr. Lim, it's been a very interesting season. This is someone that has given the team six plus innings in all but one of his starts so far this year. But you also have this. He has given up at least four runs in all but three out of his last eight starts. So, I mean, in five out of his last eight, he's given up four plus runs. He does a good job of getting swings and misses. 54 strikeouts and 54 in a third innings. 17 walks in that time span. But it just seems like he clumps runs together. Meanwhile, Thrusinski, he has been dynamite so far this year. 7-1 record, 230 ERA. He's been able to give the team 65 strikeouts and 70 in a third innings. He's issued 23 walks in that time span as well. And he keeps the ball pretty much in the yard. Six home runs given up so far this year in 70 plus innings. And he has been doing a great job recently. He has given up three earned runs or fewer in each out of his last nine starts. That is something that you're really able to hang your head on. Then with the NC Dinos, we know just how dangerous this team is. It wasn't even the normal suspects that was able to get the team to eight runs in their win against the SK Wyverns. When you get guys like Aaron Altera going, you've got someone in a Sungbum Na that we're going to be seeing in the MLB someday. Both these guys are hitting right around a 300. Both these guys have been able to belt out a combined 29 home runs between the two of them. Hundi Kwan has been able to pick it up recently. He's hitting a 320. He's been able to hit like four home runs over the team's last two weeks. And then you've got a little bit of an unexpected surprise in that you've got someone that's hitting right in the neighborhood of a 353 in Jin Sung Kong. He's been absolutely terrific. And then you can't forget the fact that Min Woo Park is now back in the fold as well. He does a great job of setting the table for this team. 380 on base percentage. Now we do know this. With the NC Dinos, they have the worst bullpen ERA that you're going to find in the KBO. But with the LG Twins, a few weeks ago, they had the best bullpen in the KBO with regards to ERA. Ever since they lost their closer, that has certainly not been the case. But Hunsu Kim, the hit machine, this guy has been doing a very solid job for the team. He's got like four home runs over the team's last six games. It's been absolutely terrific. 335 batting average. Now Roberto Ramos has given the team two home runs in the team's last four weeks. That's no doubt has been a little bit lacking, but you've got someone in a Sungwoo Lee who doesn't necessarily play every day, but in the appearances that he does get, he's been hitting a 346, and then the other catcher, 
Kung Nam Yu. How about him being able to give the team a 275 batting average? That has been very encouraging for the team. G10 has really been able to stabilize this team with a 265 batting average. And then Lee Sung Che needs to pick it up a little bit, but he's still in at 275 for the year. By and large, you've got quite a few guys that should be able to reach base for the LG Twins, but I think the Dinos should be able to just light up our man Lim in this one. He's given up four plus runs so many times so far this year. I think the Dinos are going to be able to do so to him once again. I think that they're going to get into a short-handed Twins bullpen, and they're going to be able to rip that one apart. So we're going to be going with this total over, and we're going to be looking at the run line here with the NC Dinos. If you're looking at the Dinos run line, pretty much across the board, you're going to be finding it at minus 110. You might find a couple minus 115s, but I'm seeing mostly minus 110. So that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Thursday afternoon, like Friday morning. A big thanks to free agent MLB pitcher, along with former KBO pitcher Tech McGuire for joining me in the second segment. If you like what you're hearing out of this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have any big questions for the podcast, write into my timeline, 8 years 41. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you.